Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, a very late night edition. I'm going to put this up on Monday. I'll get up just before Raw, which means a lot of you are going to be hearing this and actually seeing whatever the hell Vince McMahon and WWE decided to do on that show. But look, if you want to get pumped for it, you're able to do that as well. Hopefully we're providing a service uh, all around. First and foremost, thank you to everyone who signed up to Patreon this week, patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. I always, I always mean to get a list. And I always forget because I'm a moron and that's just the way. My mum knows this, my dad knows this, and I do. But I, I, I just got one up now. So I'm going to say thanks to Matt Hemmings, Joe Woodhouse, and Fabric Softener Teddy Bear, which is absolutely, <laughs> I'm sure that's her real name. Uh, they are the, they're the ones I did have up. So thank you to them. And I'll make sure everyone that does sign up, I give you a shout out at the start of the podcast because it's only fair. If the patron vanished, so would this show. I'm only able to do it because of that. And that's why I try to use my Patreon like a shop. Patreon.com forward slash Simon of 316. You give me something, I try and give you something back one of those tears is coming on the podcast and returning today is my man dan dan how you doing today you good yeah yeah i'm doing all right good i'm glad to hear it. you're enjoying the new world that we're now living in that changes on a day-to-day basis the awesome thing over here in the uk was well, on the same day when they announced they bought like a hundred billion tests like a vaccine they also then said but we probably can't vaccinate you till 2022 and you were like okay great this is really helpful information it doesn't make any sense yeah. Oh, I mean, earliest phases of human testing are, are just, I mean, they had, you know, right now, I think all they can tell you is that if you get the vaccine, you probably won't get infected for the next two months. I know, like, right? It's crazy, isn't it? And they don't, yeah. they don't even know about side effects, because how can they? How can you know about side effects? You don't have a clue. It hasn't been around long enough. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Although saying that, just to give you some breaking news, um, as of, of me of me saying these words, raw was meant to be filmed around four or five hours ago i believe and it wasn't because the script was completely torn up by vince mcmahon um i'm going to call bullcrap on this uh, it, the report originally came from pwi and then obviously um uh, what do you call it uh, the Wrestling Observer picked it up, as as they always do, which is what I'm trying to get now, just so I can read it to you because it's condensed. Uh, basically, yeah, PW Insider first reported the delay in tapings. We were told by multiple sources that last night the planned show was being torn up and rewritten due to some changes, one of which was on Extreme Rules, which is where Oscar was meant to beat Sasha Banks. But they did that weird, funky finish where Bailey just became the referee. Now, the bit that I'm calling bullshit on is that PWI went on to say, and apparently this has all happened because of the terrible reaction to the Extreme Rules pay-per-view view and that's just not true we can't live in this bubble world where you know we, me and everybody listening to this show we are the minority i mean we are more of a majority than we were as casuals stop watching wwe but there's no way that a casual fan went on twitter and moaned today so i don't think they're the change I think the real reason for the changes is because more and more people are testing positive for for the damn virus and they can't turn up to television. Hence, why Apollo Cruz wasn't wasn't even on the uh, wasn't even on the show. Uh, it's also the last taping where Kyrie Sane will be involved in WWE in the same capacity that she is at the moment. She's going back to Japan. Uh, apparently, going to be some kind of relationship there still. But of course, 
if she's in Japan, she's not going to be uh, she's not going to be on the weekly TV TV things. Dan, any thoughts about any of that? Or as we talked about before we started recording, it's kind of just par for the course these days. That's WWE, and it's probably one of the reasons their stories are so nuts. Well, I imagine Kyrie Zane's going to have a hard time getting back to Japan in the immediate <laughs> <Yes>. future. <laughs> That's true. I don't really understand that one, but maybe she has friends in high places. I don't know. I I, I have no idea. I do think out of everything, like I say, I, I'm never surprised when I hear that Raw is being rewritten, but I do think Kyrie Sane was a, a wasted opportunity on the main roster. I think there was something in that pirate gimmick. I think it was a mistake to take that away. I thought it made her quite charming, for lack of a better word, because she just bought... You know, anyone that buys that hard into your character you're going to win me over uh, it's one of the reasons that the eye for the eye match kind of wasn't as bad as i thought because they went all in with it as i like, look if you're going to do it you may as well do it uh, and, and you uh, and you certainly did it um so that's about it really that's raw well we'll see what they do apparently they're also going to set up drew mcintyre versus randy orton for SummerSlam, and that makes sense that's actually a, a decent that, program that should be fun yeah yeah i think the reason why it works so well is simply because Again, I say it and your reaction is, yes, of course you would do that because it's what they've laid out. So if they didn't do it, you'd be like, well, what are you doing? It's one of those rare occasions where WWE follows through on something and surprise, surprise, everything is every, you know, everything is all right. Everybody's happy. Well, so. I mean, we could just keep running something with Dolph Ziggler for another what, like four or five months? That'd be nice. <laughs> I don't. We'll talk about it. We're going to get into Extreme Rules. Um, if anything else comes... Obviously, on Raw as well, we've got uh, Randy Orton versus Big Show, Unsanctioned Match, and we've got Alistair Black versus Seth Rollins. Uh, but we're going to talk about Extreme Rules towards... Uh, well, in, in a few minutes, because first, um, you know, the cool thing about getting patrons on is that they have interesting stories. And dude, of all the times to be trained to become a professional wrestler, this is yours. And you had a session today, right? Or your last session was recently. Yeah, it was uh, this past Sunday. This so past Sunday. Yesterday. Okay, so, so dude, look, I've been there, right? We've talked about it on this show before. If people have watched the What Culture videos, they know. It is a fascinating thing learning to become a professional wrestler because, um, well, it, it, my first question to you is going to be about bumping, but, you know, when you take your first bump, I'm pretty sure 99.9% of people go, no, not really. <laughs> because it's just so much more painful than you can ever imagine. And it doesn't seem to make any sense. Or at least that's how I found it. It was like, well, and I was correct. I was like, surely you have to build, you know, you have to teach me a way to do this where it doesn't hurt. And that's exactly what does happen. But when you take that first bump, you are like, I can't believe people are just traveling around the world doing this every day. But dude, look, walk us through your experience because it's always very unique. It's always very fascinating. And I also think it can be quite inspiring. You know, when you hear someone um, going through it and they sound really excited, I feel like that's uh, infectious and it can rub off on other people. Sure. I mean, uh, last time I was on, uh, your podcast, we talked about how I'm new to wrestling. Um, and I think the reasons that I liked watching it were the reasons I wanted to do it. That's uh, I, I've always had a hard time sticking with a hobby, um, but I've, I've had a myriad of physical hobbies. I have a little bit of gymnastic experience, uh, a lot of different martial arts and grappling I've done three to four months of. Um, so when I watch stuff on wwe or AEW, i'm always going in my head like oh i could do that and then you know the other 90 percent of things i'm like how the heck do you do that because i i know that i can't do most of it uh but it, i at least felt like i could learn um so when i went out there and you know they they kind of like 
scaled us up to doing our first bump, you know, starting from the squat position and then from standing and then jumping up into your back bump. Um, the until we started jumping into the air, it was actually something I'd done before. Um, most, you know, grappling martial arts will will teach you how to do, I guess, what pro wrestlers call like a snap bump. Um, just because it's good to know how to fall if people are going to be throwing you, whether it's, you know, shoot throwing you or I guess pro wrestling throwing you. Um, so, yeah, I'd, it was. It was, I was surprised that it was something I'd felt before. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I get that. Because for me, like the big the big question mark was always, what is the ring gonna feel like? And I know I know some people kind of like think it's a trampoline and that's the only way that people do stuff. But I mean, I'd seen people like you know in video, I've seen people like assemble the ring, and I'm like, okay, so there's two by fours or four by fours under there, just <laughs> solid wood, and underneath that there's steel. And above that, there's what maximum inch and a half of foam. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, I've fallen on, I've fallen on that much foam before. I've fallen on grass, and I was like, I wonder how this is. I don't know. I would say that if if you've done it in like a, I don't know, in like a judo club or something like that, ring feels about like that. <laughs> there's no, a I mean- give to. But. Yeah, that that is fair. There's always an exception to the rule, and I think that's right. I mean, because that's basically what it's born out of, isn't it? If you do any kind of martial arts, learning how to fall is massively important because, well, it ties into the other thing you do in wrestling training, which is rolls. And anybody that comes from martial art background, you see they pick up the rolls far, well, far quicker than I did. <laughs> the, the the left arm judo roll is basically my Mount Everest. I'm still not very good at it. I can do it okay, but um, I'm not graceful, I guess, <laughs> I sure. would say. But what's your, because um, obviously a lot of people, understandably, as I always uh, like to make clear, have one session and they decide, you know what, this isn't for me. But they they trudge on regardless because they feel like there's an obligation there, which is good. You know, it's always good to make sure that you get to a point where you 100% know you don't want to do it anymore. But I'm going to guess you've gone the other way and it's kind of slowly getting in your system. Um, Yeah, I think I it, it was a little different for me, I think for a few reasons. Um, because there is... Uh, what do your colleagues call it? The global bastard going on right now. Um, <laughs> since there is that, we're actually doing no contact. So I think normally you would get, you know, even for your early bumps, you might kind of get a clothesline to feed into your bumps. We're not getting that. Uh, you know, we haven't practiced lockups, but uh, I feel pretty fine with lockups and wrist locks are uh, other things they would have covered by now if we were having contact. But you know, we're learning to bump in a variety of ways. We're doing lots of work with bridges and transitioning from bridges to other things. Um, like it's good. I think my first lesson there, I was, I was just kind of frustrated in that, like I showed up and at the end of it, I was like, well, I already knew how to roll and I already knew how to take a back bump. And if that's all we're doing for the next, who knows how long, then this is a little disappointing. Uh, but I, I, I turned my head around on it fairly early on because it, it's been a long time since I was fluent with those things. So it's it's good for me to catch up and just to see what it is in the context of wrestling and to do it in the ring. Um, I think if anything, it's been it's been good. It, it makes me feel like this is something that I can do. Um, 
and that maybe in like two three years it's something i can do competently um, oh yeah dude. like in front of people absolutely uh, that's the right attitude to have and i know what you mean about the progression um <clears throat> I'm not, not saying that you're doing this, but I know a lot of people, they turn up and they think that day one, you're going to be doing 450s <laughs> off the top. And it's like, you can, but you'll die. And also that's just bad teaching. Like nobody should be getting you to do that. You need to build up to those things. And the fundamentals are important, but you know, it's the same with anything. When you turn up and realize that you've already got well, you're ahead of the cu- you're ahead of the curve. You're ahead of the class. Like that's a perfectly normal reaction to uh, to have. But you you know you've absolutely you smashed it. You got it head on. The more you do it, the better you get, and the, the the bigger the resistance. I think yeah, the issue you'd be having right now is you want to lock up, right? You want to have contact. That's what wrestling is all about. So when that's kind of removed. There, it is going to feel a little bit weird. There's no two ways about it. Like I used to go to a school around here. And I understand, you know, rings are expensive, but sometimes you can turn up to a training session and they won't even have a ring. For I mean that that's that's becoming less and less. But that was certainly a a trait when I was um, training for the first time. So that was about four, five six years ago. And you know that sucks because you want to get in the ring, but there's always something that that, that you can do. But I do find the uh, the progression, like in anything in life, when it comes to training, is you always want to be, you always want to be, excuse me, you always want to be going away saying, oh sweet, you know, I've, now I've got headlock takeovers down, now I've got wrist locks down, uh, you know, now I've got waist locks down or waist lock takeovers, whatever, you know, these things that you build up, and then, you know, before, usually quite early on, actually, I find just to uh, sort of put the wind up you a trainer will go okay i want you to you know all these fundamentals that you've learned i now want you to get in the ring and and, and do a match and that is there's nothing more terrifying even in front of a you know your your fellow trainees sometimes it's more intimidating but i hated that my stomach would always turn i'd be like i can't do a match what are you talking about and it would always be an absolute cluster but again that's the point that's what training is there for and when you actually like now when i look back and think I certainly don't think I've had any sort of five-star classics, but I think about the first matches I was having in training compared to some of them I had in front of a crowd with the adrenaline. I'm like, oh, wow, man. And this is what gets me with wrestling. I know you'll be the same. You've probably already felt it. It's like, oh, wow, I've actually progressed. You know, I've, I've actually got better, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's an amazing feeling. It's like learning the guitar or, or, or language. It's, it's a fascinating thing. You just happen to be punching people in the face. Yeah. No, I, I really look forward to that. Um, some of the things I worry about is that, you know, if, if it's another nine months where there's still no contact, I'm sure I'll learn a whole lot. Um, but there's so much of wrestling that's just timing and spacing and, you know, it, interacting with that other person. I just feel like I'm going to be so behind. But, I, you know, I, I, it's better to be doing something than nothing. Um, yeah, I agree. But you, you're also right, too. Like it's a, long, it's a long old time to wait, isn't it? Of course it is. You know, there's no point pretending otherwise. You want to, uh, you, you, again, you, you want to slam people and you want to give them DDTs. Of course you do. We're wrestling fans. You have to build up to it and make sure you're safe before you do it. But nobody walks in to a wrestling training school and goes, I can't wait to learn wrist locks. <laughs> it's just they don't. It doesn't mean that you won't start doing technical wrestling and think, oh, wow, this is really good. But it's going to take you a while to get there. It's just, you know, it's, it's just the truth. It's, it's just the truth of the matter. But the main thing is that you're enjoying it, right? Oh, yeah. See, that's that, that it really is all that matters because it took me... Actually, before you get there, what's the cardio like? Are they running you hard cardio-wise or is that a little bit stripped back too? It's... It's a little bit of a different. This is the only wrestling school I've I've seen that has any sort of like dip your feet in the water sort of class to it. So this this class only meets once a week on the weekend, and it's and it's a two hour class. So they just get straight into technique. They don't, 
you know, we don't do a 30 minute warm up or anything like that. We, we stretch out and then we get going. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I understand that's different, but we haven't had a lot of that. No, you're lucky, man. Trust me. That's the worst thing about it. As I, <laughs> I told, I'd always talked about the story last time, but yeah, the first time we did that warm up. I was like, it's not a warm-up. <laughs> this is trying to kill me. <laughs> it was absolutely horrendous. I'm glad I did it because it, yeah, it built my cardio up something fierce. But oh my gosh, I mean, that will uh, that will um, humble you to, to say the least. I actually quite like the sound of this class, to be honest. Um, I, I think there's a very fine line. This is a discussion going on in wrestling right now, but I think there's a very fine line between you know, running people into the ground and almost drill sergeanted it. And then, you know, making sure that you're pushing someone so they understand the cardio that you need. And I do think some schools go way, not anymore, again, this is more of an old school thing, but I did think they used to go too far in the opposite direction. You know, there's a it's, way to weed people out without, you know, trying to kill them. It's it's a very strange thing. And and, and even the intention to weed people out, I think is a little backwards. Uh, but for me, when I first started hearing about how it normally goes, I was just like, why do you want to gas me and then try and teach me how to fall safely? Why do you want me physically exhausted <laughs> while I try and learn to safely fall over? It sounds like a terrible training method. Um, and, and you mentioned the, the drill sergeant sort of thing. I, I, I've been trying to avoid that sort of situation as much as I can. I, um, a few years ago... Uh, for strange reasons, I ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps, and I, I didn't make it through basic training. I, I got injured bad enough that they just sent me home. Um, if it was going to take more than nine months to complete basic training, they're just like, no, nah, that's going to take too long. Um, but I, I did a bit of it, and I got my drill sergeant experience, drill instructor. Um, not that they're all the same, but yeah, I would watch training videos, and I would I would see coaches and if I saw the coach and I was like, oh, that guy thinks he's a drill instructor, I don't want to go there. And it's not that I'm afraid of training like that. It's just not a mentality I appreciate. Like, if you want me to be in a certain conditioning shape, show me the workout on paper. I'll do it on my own time. I don't need you screaming at me to get it done. And I don't I don't need to pay you hundreds of dollars to get me to run faster <laughs> i think there's a fine line i understand why they do it because you could be in a match where you're you know completely gassed and worn out and you have to take a bump safely but i think there's a way to do that where you're incorporating people and you're supporting people and you're building a team-like atmosphere you know i don't think you need to and i get it there's always going to be bad eggs but then you know make the bad eggs <laughs> make the bad eggs do i guess i'm not absolutely not saying that you shouldn't be pushed i'm saying you should be pushed i think it's important but i have put it like this one of the reasons it took me so long to get into it is one of my very early experiences with a guy that pushed me so hard that i just quit because it was too much for me. And looking back now with the maturity and the experience that I have, it wasn't done in a right way. Like this was a, somebody where, you know, I hurt my back one session to the point after the fact, I, I genuinely was in bed for a week, but I was told to keep going. And that to me is just silly. All you're going to do is ruin somebody's passion in my in my you know in in my opinion but there is still a way to be like i say physical and intense without without doing all of that but i like this dude so how long have you been training now what's the what's the total amount of sessions we're going to document this uh four four, four. Okay. So this, perfect. This is my fourth week excellent excellent and when's your next one every sunday you're gonna go yep every sunday uh it's a seven week 
thing. And then they have they have three of them. They call them their tiered classes. Uh, I'm not confident. Uh, I'm not confident because my coach isn't confident that the gym will be open mm, for the next yeah. seven week subject. So I'm already trying to scout, you know, where where's a place I could move to when these are over. Um, which is a bummer because I, I really do like this gym and um, I, I'm not quite sure I'm going to learn all the things they have to teach anywhere, to be honest. Well, I think, you know, when the world opens back up again, the best piece of advice I ever got is, you know, do uh, train everywhere you can, you know, try and learn from, uh, you know, under as many people as possible because it will only benefit you. And then you can take the things that you like and you can ignore the things that you don't like and hopefully, you know, use that to build yourself into a, pro- a professional wrestler. But yeah, at the moment, it's, it's also crazy. Like, you know, somebody the other day invited me to... Um, you know, do, do I want to come dra- train in like a backyard ring? And I was like, I don't know if I do at the moment, man. Like, I think we, we've all got to be, <laughs> we've all got to be as smart as possible. But I'm glad you're doing it, dude. I think it's exciting. And when the world eventually does balance out, you'll be in a good position because you will have got past those first few sessions, which are always the hardest. And then when you can actually have contact, contact and do it properly, uh, yeah, you'll be able to, you know, have matches and, and do spots. And I tell you, man, it's a wonderful adventure. It, it truly is, especially when you're a fan. Because some people get into it and they're not a fan. But even if you're a little bit of a fan, it's, you know, and you actually, even if you just do a, a simple spot, you know, like a drop down leapfrog, hip toss kind of a thing. It's just great. It just is. It just makes you feel good. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. Um, I I think it might be a long time, but I right now I'm enjoying it. Good. Um, yeah, that's what I like to hear. So, look, other people, if you're trying to be a professional wrestler, drop me a line. Talk to me about it. I've done it. I love it. I enjoy. I I, I enjoy discussing it. I just think it's cool, and I think it's cool that because of the you know the world we now live in, we can share our experiences and uh you know see, see what's going on and look maybe you're somebody out there that tried to train and it wasn't for you again drop me a line i'd love to hear your uh, love to hear your stories uh, so we are 24 hours um removed from extreme rules a pay-per-view that is very divisive to say the least uh dan when we talked you hadn't uh, you hadn't watched it were you able to catch up or have you read about it do you know the deal Oh yeah, yeah. I I subscribe to the network to watch it, and I will oh, unsubscribe no. from the network. Um, and I don't know. I'll see if I can get a refund. That was uh, that's how I felt about it. But uh, well, I'll tell you this: people have completely, as always, but I don't care, have misinterpreted my my comments. I had a great time watching it. I had a ball, but not for the reasons you're meant to enjoy watching entertainment programs. I just thought it was so crazy. I thought it was so crazy. So much weird stuff happened that the two and a half hours flew by and I had, su- I had such a joy. You couldn't book wrestling events like this all the time, but as a, as a one-off, I, 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 it's, it's, I think it's fantastic because it's just like they went, ah, flub it. <laughs> just do oh. whatever we want. And I it's, I think it was like watching one of those first Saudi Arabia shows, the one when Shane McMahon became the best in the world. I was just dying. And that's the one when Brock Lesnar killed Braun Strowman in about a minute. I was just like, this is hilarious. This is everything that you shouldn't be doing. And yet for some reason, you're doing every single thing. It was, it, It's just nuts. It's just nuts. And all day I've had all my casual wrestling friends uh, fans friends text me going what was this what was that i don't get this like i don't know why are you asking me they did it not me uh, so can, give me your headlines man what, what what what's the one thing that stands out that uh is the most ridiculous of the bunch oh, the most ridiculous thing i 
I don't know, just the whole swamp match. <laughs> there there were parts of it that I was like, I could have enjoyed it in the same way I enjoy a bad horror movie. I could have. But it didn't even make that much sense. It made it made less sense than the the worst low budget terrible anything I've ever seen. And and I I, I don't know. There was no, the, the thing with it is there was no and this was my I hate saying this because people yell at me but this was my problem with the Firefly Funhouse match as well and look I enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse match and I enjoyed this I can say that I enjoyed it I was, I was sports entertained but there wasn't a thread running through it I understand what they were trying to do in the Firefly Funhouse match and this one that, that had more of a thread than this but it really is just a bunch of skits put together um, and I, I enjoy it because it's different and I think Bray Wyatt is great but it's a bit like when the character, the original character of Bray Wyatt went off the rails and it wasn't his fault. It was the way he was booked. And he started cutting promos that were really good in terms of their intonation and their tone. But when you actually wrote them down, you were like, what does this mean? This doesn't mean anything. I don't know what you're trying to say to me. And I, that's how I felt about this. Again, someone says, Simon, can you explain this to me? I'd be like, well, Braun Strowman killed a guy. I don't know who that guy was. I guess he was just Bray Wyatt's friend. And then Alexa Bliss was some kind of visual representation of Sister Abigail, even though I thought Sister Abigail was just Bray Wyatt who gets dressed up in drag. That's true. That's what I've been told in kayfabe. And then in the end, someone got drowned and the fiend returned. And I don't know why. <laughs> I have no yeah. answers to any of these questions. I I almost feel like you're stretching to make that much sense out of it. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I, and. And I love the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, and I think what that had going for it was that I, I really bought into the performance of both people. And I, I like Braun Strowman, uh, but maybe not in roles where he's asked to display more than two emotions. Um, I, I, I had a hard time getting past Braun Strowman. And I think the, what is it, when the, when the boat turns around, like the the motor spontaneously starts and Braun Strowman is happy because a ghost is taking an unconscious Bray Wyatt into the swamp. <laughs> and then the boat turns itself around and comes back and now he's confused. And I, I'm just watching him tilt his head and that's his way of showing me he's confused. And then he does it like five or six more times. And I I don't know. I, I, had, a, I had a hard time with it. Um, it all I, alone. I think, I think he, that is... That is a part of what it was, but also maybe maybe Braun Strowman won that match because I'm pretty sure Bray Wyatt went into the swamp first, and it was a swamp match. So <laughs> whoever is submerged in the swamp first loses. I. The only thing I do take umbrage with is that people are saying they didn't like it because it didn't have a finish. I'm sorry, none of these cinematic matches have a finish, like by the definition of a term of what a finish is. Undertaker just killed a man and drove off. That, 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 that was the finish to that match. Well, and, it was a boneyard match. He buried a man. That is clearly the finish to a boneyard match. Well, then, then in a swamp match, then he threw him in the swamp. So That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they just gave us another 10 minutes, and I'm not sure why. I, don't, I did like the fake ending. I thought the fake ending was cool. I like a fake out. Again, I, I just thought that was that that was a nice touch. Like it was something different to do. I kind of feel like they feel like their backs against the wall and they're, and they're coming out swinging. Um, I, I enjoy it because we can have conversations like this. I truly do. I will firmly admit that I think a lot of my uh, enjoyment does come from the fact that I get to have conversations and I get to hear reactions and feedback and you know go on the internet and, and, and run and, and rant and rave. Uh, but talking about strange finishes, 
Um, it kind of makes more sense to me now that I know it was changed like an hour, two hours, whatever, before the show. But the, the, <laughs> the Sasha Banks Oscar finish is one of the funniest things I've, I've seen in a, in, in a long damn time. It's just... Oh man, I do, it just—it just doesn't make any sense. The amount of times we've been watching wrestling, and as soon as a, re- a referee gets taken down, seventy-four other wrestlers will run out to, you know, uh, other referees. Sorry, will run out to sort it out. But here, nobody cared, and then Bailey counted the fall, and the music was playing. I, it was just like it was like they didn't know what they were meant to do, and well, somebody she threatened had wiped- the bell guy. She got him to ring the bell under duress. I was like, oh, I guess the bell rang, so that's official, right? But that's good, though. I don't mind her threatening the bell guy, but why did the music play? Nobody was threatening their production guy. Why because did the-, the bell rang. <laughs> that was yeah, his cue. But he, he should be watching the match and going, well, that's, that's bullshit. I'm not going to... I just don't... I don't understand it. I, I really, really, really don't. It's uh, And I think the... Not the real difficult thing, but the real spin. It's, it's almost like going through some kind of... Uh, you know, it's, it's like being in two different relationships because the match itself I thought was awesome. It was a really, really good match, and then the the finish is so bizarre. You just I don't know I don't know what I'm meant to make of this. It's it, it it's like it wasn't connected to what I was watching, and yet it's happened. So I have to accept it. I I don't know, man. It's, at least Oscar didn't lose the title. There's always a silver lining. I I would have hated that. I think she should hold that for a while. Yeah, I. I guess I wasn't as bothered by the finish as the rest of the show. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the match. I, maybe I was just still on a high from that match. I, I really enjoyed the match. Yeah. And then the finish came. And I was just like, wait, did she just took his shirt? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt the same, you know. Like well, now, I think when I talk about it, I can't justify it. But yeah, I tell you, I didn't. I, he said this on ups and downs too. I didn't hate it. But I did think it was stupid, and that's it's kind of a weird. Again, that's a weird. Uh, that's a weird sense of emotions to have. I'm like, I don't really know what this. Uh, I don't really know what this means. We should talk yeah. about eye for an eye because I'm going to presume that that's a, you had a different take on that. I'll just pass the ball over to you, man, because I think I have quite different opinions to most. But it all ties into my expectation going in. So yeah, eye for an eye. Where are we going? Good, bad, awful. I can't believe we went back to the stairs to take out the eye we had the pliers we had a screwdriver we had so many things that you could i think more plausibly take someone's eye out but then just shoving his eye sorry this is maybe not the big takeaway for an eye for an eye match but that that was one of my issues um no you're right I had more plausible tools for the eye removal. (laughs) I didn't think about it at first. I was actually listening to the Wrestling Observer podcast and uh, they said that that defies logic. You don't push something in to to take something out. I was like, that's true. It would just go into the eye. The eye wouldn't come out. And it certainly wouldn't come out whole. (laughs) But here's my thing. I guess if you you pushed it into the corner, like the, the tear duct, and then a rotation? No. No. It just happened. I, it, uh, fun match. I felt like it was a fun match. I, I that I enjoy the two of them. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. I don't. The, the thing with me is my expectation. I thought this was going to be the goofiest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I, I mean it. I thought the eye was going to roll around on the floor. I thought there was going to be blood everywhere. Do you know what I mean? I thought this was going to be. You know, imagine the. Um, 
the swamp match, but in a, you know, happening just after a regular fight. That's what I thought we were going to get. So when it was actually quite reserved, like I say, it's all about your expectations. And my expectations were goofy. And what I got, again, was actually not uh, plausible is a bit much, but within the world that I've been presented by World Wrestling Entertainment, I was like, actually, that's not that bad. If you go, look, you're going to do an I versus an I match. I have to expect some kind of nonsense. There's no other, there's no two ways about it. Where it lost me was when Seth Rollins started throwing up. That's like, it's the most unnecessary. This is so unnecessary. It's, unless everyone's going to start throwing up. Why? Ah, oh, that, that really got me. I don't know why. I suppose because I thought I'd made it out alive. And then they threw that at me. And I was like, that's just nuts. That's just absolutely crazy. I don't, why do we have to see people vomiting? I, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of, I definitely agreed with your, your take on ups and downs. It was like, I, I thought he was, he knew what was happening here. And presumably this was the end goal. And I, it was a very premeditated to be that disturbed with your own actions. Maybe you should have had that reaction any time in the past, what, like two weeks? <laughs> the past of the previous 20 minutes when you were brought pliers to the ring. What did you think was going to happen? Like a duck was going to come out of there or something or some kind of like fluffy bunny. It's like, you know what's going to go down. I wouldn't have minded as much if Dominic had run out and all the officials and they were like, oh, oh I'm going to go as well. I still don't ever need to see vomit. I want to make that clear. But for the Seth Rollins, who's supposed to be this crazy cult leader, to be the only person that was massively affected by this. Madness. <laughs> it's absolute madness. Oh, it was funny. It was it just, I th again, I think what we have with this uh, uh, pay-per-view in general is... Because you had, if it just, if there had just been this, or it had just been the swamp match, or it had just been something else, and so on and so forth, I, I think that would have, it would have been highlighted. But there was just so much madness; <laughs> it was just so crazy. It, it just, it like entered its own universe where apparently you could do this stuff and nobody should say anything. I don't know. And also, you know, the, the interesting part, if you don't know, talking to the the general audience, is the reason they have done this is because they don't know if. Rey Mysterio is going to sign another contract at the moment. He hasn't. He's been working without a contract. So they're like, okay, well, we need to write him off TV, but we can't write him off TV to such a degree in case he does sign and come back. Hence why about an hour after this, you just had someone saying, oh yeah, he could be fine and completely ruined that stipulation <laughs> straight away. Whereas, you know, Rey Mysterio could just come back with another patch over his eye. You'd be like, but I've seen that. We, we, we've done that already. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. It's hilarious. It, it, it's absolutely, it, it kills me. It really, really does. It, it really, really tickled me. And I think that's why, you know, maybe I don't, uh, I'm not as down as I should. The other bizarre thing with it as well was obviously the, the start of all of this was great because you had that Kevin Owens, um, uh, Buddy Murphy match, which was a good kickoff show match, which you never get. And then you had the tables match. I know it was just a, uh, the classic WWE's tables matches, but I thought those two back to back and the Bailey Nikki Cross stuff. Unless you like, if you really like Nikki Cross, then no, you weren't going to be happy. But I like Bailey, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was like a proper okay. This is all right. I'm, I'm getting into this. There's there's something you know. There, there's something there, and then it just it, <laughs> it just went nuts. I, I missed the pre-show, and now I'm a little bummed. I because I just clicked on the pay-per-view 
Uh, maybe I'll have to go back and watch that before. So, I... man, it's a really good match. The, the nonsense came in the fact that WWE announced that an hour before the show. And you're like, why are you announcing stuff an hour before the show? Like, I know why you're doing it, because you think people may see it and go, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get the kickoff show. But I can't believe that works. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't have the statistics. So I, I, I can't I can't comment on it. What did you think about all those three matches, though? The tables match, obviously didn't see the pre-show, but the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match. I thought they were decent. And I think the problem now is that because of everything else, they've been lost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I, I really enjoyed those matches. Um, I, I liked everyone in the tables match. A lot more than I liked the match. I, I don't. I don't know what it was because I. I love those wrestlers, and it, I thought it was good, but it was not something I'm gonna talk about in a year. Um, I don't know. Like the the match of the night was the one with the screwy finish for me. That was uh, Sasha's match was, and I know that's not one of the three you're talking about, but um, I did enjoy the Bailey match. It was it was good. Yeah, no, I, I like Bailey's character, and I think that um, it will. When it actually does peak, if we do it in the right way between her and Sasha Banks, even without fans, I know, boring, boring, it's rubbish, it's rubbish. I think it's going to be some of the best stuff WWE has done in ages. And I, I think this uh, its one of the reasons I was a bit worried that Nikki Cross lost on both SmackDowns. I, was like, I hope they don't change the title because there's no need. Like That's pivotal to the, to the tale they're telling. But yeah, I really, I really, really am digging it. I think that... It's something that they should be, you know, I don't want to sound like a child here, but I will. It's why Vince McMahon shouldn't really be messing around anything with they're involved in. They should be treated like the golden children right now because it's consistent. And when you do have the consistent stuff, I certainly find that I buy in a bit more, even though I don't necessarily like every twist and turn that they do. As long as there's logic there, I'm okay with it, as we already mentioned earlier. So... Well, I mean, I, I, something will go down on Raw this evening, I'm sure, because I, I think they're going to rematch Oscar and Sasha Banks. And I think the reason they, you know, they did the whole screwy finish is because they're so desperate to um, peak the ratings for Raw, which is obviously in a massive slump right now. They think that could work. Although I said that they would have announced it by now and they haven't done that. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't think the uh, the day after Extreme Rules is going to peak any ratings. Which is bizarre, right? Because it certainly should. Day after a pay per view used to be massive, but these days is uh, <laughs> it's not the uh, it's not the case. Now they haven't announced anything for all other than what we've already talked about. So that's going to be. Uh... What did you think about them taking the Mick out of their own karaoke segment with Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse? Because I seem to be in the minority with that. I'm not saying that I didn't find it funny. But I do t- again. It's something that grinds my gears. Is that you can't you can't keep throwing different ideas at me for the last fourteen days. You've been telling me that it's good, and I'm an idiot for not getting it. And then all of a sudden, you're saying it's absolutely trash. I'm like, pick one. Which is it? Well, as long as they stick with uh, their most recent opinion, I'm fine with it. I, I it's hard for me because I you know I haven't been following WWE yeah, of course, yeah. up to this point. I watch ups and downs. So I was familiar with the karaoke segment, and I was having a hard time believing that actually happened um <laughs> but i when i saw it come up it was just like i i think people give AEW a lot of credit for just dissolving the nightmare collection and acknowledging that like it wasn't over so we're gonna stop doing it like i they were pretty open about that and they got a lot of credit and if somebody said like oh uh, that one idea we had about karaoke, uh, that was bad. That was a bad idea. 
and we can make fun of it. If somebody said that, and that's the opinion of the writers now, and that's fine with me, I was like, yeah, cool, you acknowledge you had a bad idea. But I didn't see the, all the in-between time where they kept saying it was great. So maybe that's maybe that's the piece that I'm missing. I, I'm also playing Boy Who Cried Wolf because I will concede to you, my friend, if we get to this SmackDown and it's not mentioned. But I would bet every hair on my head, which admittedly is not that many, but I would bet all the hair on my head that it does come up again and that they've changed their opinion once more. Because that's what WWE does. There's, no, there's absolutely no rhyme or reason. The what I thought was the upsetting is not the right word. Disappointing is too much as well, but somewhere in between those two ideas. Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre is officially, I've decided, the weirdest match I've ever watched because I think it, it, it was such a good match, and I, I was so I, I really really did love it. But the stipulate I don't usually get this anal about things like this. I must have been tired, but. I think it's because it's, sometimes it's just too much like a slap around the face. The idea of somebody having all this power to come up with a stipulation and then coming up with one and then not really using it in my head how you would be trying to use it. I was just like, what? But then the match was so good. So I was like, this is this is hurting my brain. It's hurting my brain from so many different angles. Because if you've told Drew McIntyre that if he gets counted out, he loses, you'd leg it. You just get out of Dodge. You go, you got to come get me. And I know in wrestling, you can't do that because Drew McIntyre for an hour may go, I'm just going to sit in the ring, asshole. And that's not entertainment. But I don't know. I just, I don't think you should. I, well, WWE, I do not think should ever say, tune in on this date to find out what a surprise is going to be because I think their record is trash. I really do. Not once have gone, oh, wow, amazing. And I'm not saying this didn't make sense with the story they were trying to tell, but I'm saying there was one, for me, and I know a lot of people don't agree, that for me there was one massive glaring plot hole in the middle of it which meant, well, I'm just watching silly wrestling now, even though it's great and those two guys are so good in the ring. Well, I think, I think in that I was... I feel like I was blessed because a few weeks ago or however long ago, I did hear that Dolph Ziggler would get to pick the stipulation and that he was going to keep it a secret until the last moment. Um, and and I heard some of the, you know, just like, well, then he wins, right? Because he just makes a stipulation where he wins. And I, but that wasn't at the front of my mind because I wasn't watching Raw and SmackDown. I wasn't being reminded of it. So I had kind of forgotten about it until the beginning of that match. And I heard the stipulation and I like tilted my head and I was like, I feel like he could have done something where he'd be more favored. Just make it a no kicking match. So, you know, you can't right. get claymored, right? right. Like right. exactly. Yes. But having heard the stipulation, I was like, okay, so you can use a chair. You can use, well, you could use pliers. You could take his eye out, right? You can do all those things. And Drew McIntyre has to stick to straight wrestling. It's not the worst. It's not the worst that they could have done. Uh, maybe that's not a high enough bar, but I was impressed. Um, and then the match was good. Match is great, yeah. I honestly felt that they did a good job of having Drew McIntyre be in control for, for most of the match to the point where Dolph Ziggler was making an honest attempt to get weapons and to set up tables and, and he was doing what he could but he wasn't in control of the match long enough to do a whole lot of that um but eventually it got there and when it did we said we saw drew have to navigate around oh i caught the chair but now i can't hit him with it you know we did i felt like we got a lot of that and and maybe there is a more absurd win there where you just you just get in your car and drive away um but <laughs> 
But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that match. No, I did too. This is the weird thing about it, which is why it was my, again, I can't think of the right word, but I, it's up to love something, but also the whole time be going, but why would you do this? But why would you? Again, I think it was this show. I think by that point, it had fought my brain to such a degree. I was like, no, this is the one. This is the hill I've decided to die on here. You would, you'd come up with a better stipulation if you had all this power. But it was awesome. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Those two are really good wrestlers. I will say, in my opinion, not wanting to be too negative, Nancy, that's the end of Dolph Ziggler in terms of any kind of main event push, because if you're allowed to come up with your own stipulations and you still lose, your credibility is just done. And I know that, you know, it gets a bit loser town geeky when you're talking about pro wrestling, because anybody can be rehabbed, but his history now is, is not ideal. You know, I think I, I think I have two things to that one. I'm a little biased. I love Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) I probably couldn't explain why I think a part of his character is that he's cocky. Yep. So that he believed he could beat Drew McIntyre with a slight advantage. It, it, I can believe that from his character. Fair enough. That's uh, yep, well argued. Yep. He got like knocked out by Spear three times by Goldberg and kept calling Goldberg names, <laughs> saying he was scared to fight him. It's, it's, he's not the, the smartest character. That's okay. Um, so that he believed he could beat Drew McIntyre with these stipulations. I'm okay with that. Also... I, I haven't been a wrestling fan, much less a WWE fan, for that long of a time. But from what I understand of Dolph Ziggler's career, he's this may not be his most humiliating loss. So if it, good point. I agree with that. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with that one too. It's not. He's absolutely done far worse, far worse. <laughs> so no, I will concede to you on that one as well. I think I don't know. To to me, it was just like. Anyway, we've talked about it. Last thing we'll mention was the whole Apollo Crews versus MVP stuff where we entered the we we entered the fourth dimension. We we finally broke the walls down in WWE. Shout out to Chris Jericho, because we knew that Apollo Crews wasn't there because of the coronavirus. But WWE told us it was because of something else entirely. I was like, here we are. We've done it. We're doing that dramatic irony thing, whatever the hell it's called, which I don't think WWE has ever done intentionally. And it certainly wasn't intentional here. And maybe MVP is the uh, is the crew, is the uh, US champion. Maybe he's not. I wasn't for or against that. I need to know what's going to happen on Raw before I can make a call on it. But sure. It, I, think, it, I think they're just not willing to lose to Taz. Not lose to AEW. They're just not willing to lose to Taz. They can't admit <laughs> to having a sloppy shot. Oh, yeah, of course. You're right. No, no, it's true. But it did make me laugh when I was like, okay, I've been told one thing, but I know I, I know this isn't true. So it's just so... This is, the, this is how I sum up the extreme rules. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Was it maybe the death of me suspending my disbelief in professional wrestling? Probably. But I, I should have known that going in, given that a man was trying to rip another man's eyeball out by doing frog splashes. That's the best thing I heard all day that was. The bit when someone said, if you're trying to rip somebody's eye out, why would you frog splash them? And I think the logic is we are trying to wear them down. But there is a, there's a, there's a beautiful um, idea in that, that instead of just trying to rip somebody's eye out, you give them a frog splash. I think it's great. I think that makes me love wrestling more, to be honest. It's so silly. It's so stupid. And right now, I said this on Ups and Downs too, I think if you really want to double down on what you like from pro wrestling, if you want nonsense, I tell you, WWE right now has got you absolutely covered. If you like super sports, you can go to New Japan and if you want somewhere in between the two AEW is waiting there for you I think it's awesome I really do I'm a happy man the nonsense is all right with me so I for me personally I've I've mentioned before I like comedy and wrestling and 
nonsense and comedy aren't always the same thing. If you have Agreed. a comedic sketch, there should be logic that trains throughout it. Otherwise, no one will understand what's going on. And if you have a punchline, I won't know that you told it. Um, for me, the swamp match was nonsense that I could not enjoy. And I think I think there's a distinction there. And overall, I would say this conversation has helped to remind me that there was a lot in Extreme Rules I really enjoyed when I watched it. But after the end, after having watched it, my overall opinion was so strong that I had almost forgotten that I enjoyed matches within that product. Mm. Yeah, a lot, was, of, a lot of people have said that. Yeah, that's... It was, it, it was rough. I'm glad you were entertained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm so easily entertained. Sometimes people say that to me on Twitter. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm well aware. I've made this very clear. I take wrestling at a very, um, you know, I just try and enjoy it as much as I can because I got real problems in my life. But I think a really interesting point you've touched upon there is, you know, if you did not like that swamp match, and a lot of people did not, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth, which is why usually the main event is the best wrestlers in the company, because they can either make a good show great, or they can make a bad show salvageable, because you know the men or women or whoever's in that spot are going to be able to pull off whatever you're trying to achieve to the best of their abilities. And if they are up there as, as, as top-tier talents, then they'll be able to do that. And to... You know, it was a risk with the mo- it was a risk with the boneyard match. Obviously, it wasn't so much of a risk with the Firefly Funhouse match because Drew and um, and Brock went on last. But here, I you know the, the difference between the other cinematic matches that we've had, and I don't think anybody could argue this, is that Undertaker and AJ Styles are two very popular characters. So are John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Um, Braun Strowman is still as you've you've pointed out, is still... He's a divisive figure. He just is. Some people think he was better in 2017. I think I'd agree. He was never meant to be Universal Champion. It was a matter of circumstance. And I would argue that WWE hasn't done the best job in doubling down on that. And also you have left the big question of what does happen on SmackDown? Is Braun Strowman dead? Is he going to jail for murder? You know, why is Bray Wyatt transformed into the fee when he was in the lake? You have all these crazy questions you have to answer, and I don't think you can answer them with serious responses, which means you're going to double down on the crazy. And then how are people going to respond? It's a very fascinating time in wrestling. I don't know, because I would argue, and I'd love to get your take on this, I would guess that we're not getting any of this if there are fans in the arena, right? I mean, I assume not. I, I can't <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I, You know, I hope they take the AJ Styles defense. I hope Braun shows up and somebody asks him about what happened and he goes, what? I was in a swamp, so what? <laughs> That's, oh, it's the best. It's the best because I don't know how they get away with it. If it was any other weekly TV show, nobody would get away with this. And yet somehow in wrestling, you just can. And I don't know why. Actually, to finish things off, we should talk about AJ Styles. Have you seen all the, the craziness with him, Paul Heyman and Gallows and Anderson? Uh, I've been following the Gallows and Anderson podcast, but... Uh, Actually, I listened to the Gals and Anderson. Uh, well, we can just talk about oh, that for you. It's amazing, right? What an insight to the company that was. Yeah, that was. I mean, it. I think there is something to uh, a lot of people listen to these interviews and their reaction is like, oh, well, this guy's been burned. And of course, he feels that way because, you know, he recently had this happen. But maybe the company's not that way. And it's just like, look, all these stories are lining up like it. it it's been painting a cohesive picture. Um, yeah, that was, 
it, it was pretty interesting to to hear that, and it, it made me kind of bummed that they that they didn't go with AEW when that was on the table. Um, yeah, I kind of I simultaneously felt really sorry for them, but obviously really happy for them because they've got all these new deals that they have signed. But to yeah. Uh, yeah to duck out of the first episode of Dynamite after being promised money, which I can completely understand, especially oh, yeah. when you've got a family. But when to... I say I'm bummed, I mean I'm bummed as a fan. Oh yeah, of I'm, course. Yeah, I'm glad they were able to buy a larger pool and uh, and be set, or at least believe they were. Which is, I mean, part of the problem, right? Is that mm. it sounds like they made financial decisions based off that contract and then had it reneged. Yeah, which is you know th- that's what I mean. So. It's, it's this awful thing because they're out and they can have this new lease on life, but I'm pleased they were able to earn that money when they were, but then they would have been in AEW where actually they would have had some financial security for a while. But look, we all make decisions and hindsight's a wonderful thing. But then, yeah, you have this other new argument where, you know, AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson are saying that it was Paul Heyman that suggested to Vince McMahon that they get fired and Paul Heyman saying that's not true. And then Paul Heyman's getting demoted. I really enjoy the behind the same the behind the scenes wrestling bubble that we are um, subjected subjected is a bit too much that we are allowed to see. I think that makes wrestling so I, much we, more interesting. You can't call something that we try so hard to seek out something that we're subjected to. No, yes. that was the wrong word. I didn't mean subjected. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But I, what I meant was when sometimes when you get stories like this and you see people reacting to it, I'm like, this is one of those stories I would rather it just it stayed under wraps. You know, when people have been fired and uh, you know, and things like that. It's just like oof, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to have, you know, I don't know, Pete on Twitter yelling at Gallows and Anderson for making bad business decisions. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man! Like, you can't, you weren't in their shoes, you weren't in their shoes, you can't do stuff like that. That's it. Always gets, it just gets a bit too much for me when you see two guys that are obviously, and I'm sure they're there already, but obviously have to go through some kind of a process to except that they made a mistake, which they did, then have some asshole on Twitter go, oh, you moron. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, you don't need to kick them in the face. There's no need. I think, I, I think they, I think they, it seems like they are two people well mentally suited to deal with jackasses on Twitter. Oh, yeah, at, that's true. At least as, as far as how it affects their psyche. And I think that's part of the reason they're willing to be so open about um, at least how they saw what happened. Um because they they know what happened. They're they're kicking themselves as much as anybody else is yeah. kicking them. Yeah, that's no, um, true. But yeah, for us, it's, it's it's nice to hear. Um, and again, this is not something, you know. At least when they spoke about it, they were saying like they'd been hearing this stuff about Paul Heyman from lots of different people. Was was what they had said, and they, you know, they were kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt until up to up to that moment. Um, but yeah, that's. I don't, I don't know, and it's it's odd for me because I I didn't see them on WWE that much, um, and when I did see them, you know they were being thrown around as chumps. So I you know I haven't watched <laughs> New Japan, so I haven't. I'm I'm excited to uh, to try and watch some of their matches. Um, I I didn't watch Slammiversary. I, I kind of wanted to, but I didn't didn't manage it. Um, but I I do plan on watching the. The pay-per-view that they taped in what was it uh the gallows backyard or something yeah i don't i don't know if it's aired yet but yeah they're doing that pay-per-view where they got their bizarre alter egos they're gonna have a fight i will say i imagine that would be very funny 
<laughs> That's yeah. the, my one expectation for that. Uh, just to wrap up as well with it, with a sentence, uh, Slammiversary was very good. Um, I, I thought that Impact may have, I'm not saying they're all, all of a sudden going to take on WWE and AEW, but I think uh, well that pay-per-view did far better than a, that pay-per-view has done for them for absolutely yonks. And I think if they can carry that onto their TV this week, hey, they may establish a tiny bit of a bigger audience. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even if you're dealing in one, two percent, you do that every few months and you find yourself in a very good position. So fair play to Sammyversary. Really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought Gallows and Anderson were good. I love Heath Slater or Heath Miller, as he's known now. And EC3 is, uh, I think that's the perfect fit for him. So yeah, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see where that goes, but not as excited as I'm going to see what the hell happens on Raw in but a few hours time if you are listening to this on monday and of course we will be back tomorrow to uh, discuss all of that but dan man thank you so much for your time dude and of course more importantly make sure you keep kicking ass at wrestling and keep me up to date will do i'll do my best awesome and uh, yeah anyone that is preparing for monday night you know what to do strap yourself in it's going to be a wild ride uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at simon316 if you do want to join the podcast live tomorrow the show twitch.tv forward slash simon miller 316 it will be going live around about 1 p.m bst um crazy raw stuff notwithstanding again the patron if you want to come on the show patron.com for simon316 shout out to pinsandknuckles.com pinsandknucklesmerch.com who support me uh, just by being nice people and helping me make t-shirts and all of that kind of madness and that's about it i'm on youtube too search for simon miller but in the meantime again enjoy raw it comes in but a few hours and look if you are listening to this on monday i'll talk to you in about 14 hours or so